Hello, and welcome to Episode 7 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfor-Stewart. Today, we are talking about connection. Why is it important to build a personal relationship with each of your team members? And why should you foster connection among the group as a whole? I'll talk about some approaches to building stronger connections, and you can always download the guide to help you take action at mamieks.com slash podcast-007. Now, speaking of these guides, just a quick heads up that I'm making a change to how worksheets and guides are distributed. Going forward, I'll continue to provide a free guide to accompany every solo episode, but it will be more of a mini guide or a subset of the materials. So if you've downloaded any of them thus far, you know how much goes into them. I'm going to continue to make these full, robust guides, and you'll be able to access them by joining the Modern Manager membership on Patreon. Memberships start at only $5 a month, and you can join at patreon.com slash modernmanager. This is all in the show notes and on my website at mamieks.com slash podcast. I hope you will join the membership. There are a couple different options where you get access to the additional guides as well as other kinds of wonderful content and discounts on webinars and future offerings. So come join a community of rockstar managers. Now on to the show. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Full-time employees spend a majority of their waking hours in the office and with their colleagues, especially when you're talking about the week Monday through Friday. It's in our nature to want to have relationships with our colleagues that go beyond work. We are communal beings. It's why when you meet someone new, you instantly are trying to figure out what you have in common. Kids, sports teams, hobbies, work interests, maybe mutual friends. How boring and isolating it must feel when you don't get along with your colleagues and you don't feel connected with them or like you have anything in common. Or when all you talk about is work and you never actually get to know each other as full people. And you never feel like you can bring your full self or express your whole self. Or when you only see others and they only see you as a singular being who gets the job done. Research from Sean Akar, author of The Happiness Advantage, found that social connection is one of the greatest predictors of happiness and reduced stress. When people are happier, they are more creative, more productive, more motivated. The list goes on and on. We're actually going to talk more about this in episode 11, which is going to come out in a few weeks. But for now, let's stay on the topic of social connection in the workplace. Social connection provides that sense of cohesion in the office, which is essential for cultivating creativity, teamwork, and collaboration. Employees with positive relationships become more dedicated and motivated to perform their best. Morale goes up, as does loyalty, which creates greater stability in a team and reduces all those costs and frustrations of employee turnover. When managers and their teams have strong connections and relationships, it makes everything easier. Dealing with conflict becomes less complicated. Think about when you got into a situation with a stranger versus with a friend. I know that when I get into one of those sticky situations with someone that I care about, who I know cares about me, I have a vested interest in resolving the situation. I know we're on the same side. We both want to work it out. I'm more willing to listen, to compromise, and to approach the whole situation with a more positive energy. The same is true for small things. I give my friends the benefit of the doubt when they say something ridiculous or have an emotional moment. I have one person who always writes emails in all caps because her keyboard is often set to all caps for her job. It was hard not to feel like she was yelling at me each time I read her emails, but I know her and I know she's not being aggressive. 
it's not her personality. When you connect with people, you're just more open and forgiving. You're also more willing to be vulnerable and take risks. When I feel emotionally safe, which in part comes from feeling connected to people, I am more willing to share half-baked ideas that I'm still chewing on. I am more comfortable asking for help and acknowledging my mistakes because I know I won't be put down for it. It comes back to that whole psychological safety thing again. We actually trust people we connect with more than others. It might seem irrational at times, but when we have something in common or we know someone well, we trust them even with unrelated things. It's why you'll recommend a friend for a job even though you've never worked with them and you can't actually comment on their performance. Connection is really powerful. Now on the flip side, when you don't care about your colleagues, small things can blow up into big things. You're not invested in other people's success. You don't go the extra mile. You don't speak up in meetings to share dissenting opinions or out-of-the-box thinking. As a manager, you are responsible for connecting with each of your team members and fostering connection among them. You need those strong relationships individually because you want people to feel comfortable with you as their manager. They need to come to you with problems, give you feedback, and really hear the feedback that you give them. You want them to share all of their ideas and step up and do what it takes because they're part of this team and they trust and respect you as their manager. You want those strong relationships between the team members because that's where the work gets done. Most of the time, people aren't working through you. They're working directly with one another. Now, the more connected and aligned the team, the greater the performance will be individually and overall. Now, what makes this complicated is that the number of relationships is exponential. If there are two of us, me and you, that's one relationship. But throw in a third person, and now there are actually four relationships. Me to you, you to person three, person three to me, and the three of us together. You can't orchestrate perfect relationships among everyone, but you can be intentional about creating opportunities for connection, both individually and as a team. Now, you may be thinking, but I'm their boss. I don't know how to be their friend and their manager. But being a friend and having a personal relationship or connection are actually very different things. I'm not suggesting you start hanging out on the weekends with your team members unless that feels natural for you and for them. Having a personal connection means that you see them as a full person and they see you that way too. It means you visibly care about each person. No one wants to overstep any boundaries and sometimes it can be difficult to find ways that feel appropriate to bond with your colleagues on that personal level. So instead of making it all about you, Promote a workplace culture that encourages social interaction and helps everyone connect better. So here are five ways to build connection in your team. The guide that accompanies this episode goes into more detail on each of these. Number one, celebrate work-related and personal occasions. Now this might seem like a no-brainer, but celebrating special occasions is a great way to connect with people and show them you care. At Meteor, whenever we have a new team member join, we always start with a welcome breakfast. We go around the room while eating our bagels and fruit and yogurt, and we share who we are, what our role is on the team, and something we enjoy doing outside of the office. Now, what's really special about this tradition is that for each new hire, people had to say something different about their outside life. This meant we got to learn a lot about one another. And one fun fact, almost all of us were also professional or advanced amateur musicians. We could have started a band. Personal occasions like birthdays, the birth of a child, the loss of a family member, these are all opportunities to show you care. So whether it's sending flowers, getting a cake, writing a card, or any other way to acknowledge this person's special moment in time, it is worth it. So just do it. All right, number two, share personal stories and photos. Sharing your life outside the office is a wonderful way to relate to one another. 
When you're talking about your weekend plans, the vacation you just went on, your kid's school play, or what you learned from that podcast you listened to, anytime you can talk about your non-work interests, you're connecting. If you're already doing this, great, ramp it up. And if you're not doing it, start by sharing your own stories to role model this new behavior and avoid feeling like you're prying. If you don't have a good memory, which I don't, write down some key information so you can reference it later. Keep track of people's kids' names or their dog's names or whatever it is that will help you trigger that information. If you have team members in different geographic locations, and even if you don't, pictures are another wonderful way to bring that personal into the workplace. We often post photos of our weekend activities, vacations, and holiday celebrations. It's really nice to see people smiling with their family or that incredible architecture that someone mentioned. Pictures just bring that extra special something that help people see each other as full people. Number three, take time out of the office for get-togethers. Whether you do it as a full-day team-building retreat or a random Monday evening after work, getting people together outside of the office helps them relax and get to know each other. There are many lists of ideas you can Google for traditional team-building activities, and there are probably lots of places you can go in your local area. But a few things to keep in mind as you decide what to try. How much time will it take? Be cognizant of asking people to give time after hours. An occasional evening or weekend activity is fine, but you don't want your colleagues to feel pressured to attend and miss out on family or private time for themselves. Does the activity require any special physical or other capabilities? The meteor team went rock climbing and we did trapeze, but only after ensuring that each person was comfortable and even enthusiastic about it. Is there potential for this to go totally wrong and have people be embarrassed or injure themselves or who knows what else? Both the rock climbing and the trapeze we did were very safe. And I know some teams love to do karaoke, but for others, that is not their idea of fun. And it is super embarrassing to be up in front of your colleagues. And be thoughtful about the role of alcohol in any team building activities as well. If you've got a virtual team, it's a bit more complicated to get together out of the office. In this case, it may make sense to consider bringing everyone together for a few days. The goodwill, bonds, and relationships that are built by being physically present in the same place will really elevate the teamwork, and often the positive halo will last for months. Number four, bring people together over non-work topics. We all know each other in the context of our work, but having conversations about non-work topics will help us get to know each other on a more intellectual basis. Starting a book club is a great way to give people something to talk about and think about other than work. The types of book your team picks can be really wide-ranging, and not everyone has to read every page unless you decide it's part of the job and therefore give people time during the workday to do that reading. The premise is less that people will consume the book's content and more that you've scheduled time for people to talk about it, to get to know each other and what people thought about the content and really learn from each other. Similarly, consider hosting Lunch and Learns. You can have outside guests come to speak or have team members volunteer to share their expertise. At Meteor, we hosted sessions on design thinking, improv, how the internet works, and more. Again, this gives people a chance to discuss the content and understand how people think and what their interests are. One nice thing about both of these is that virtual team members can participate just as easily since you're really just having a virtual meeting. All right, number five. Surprise your team with the occasional little special something. Nothing says you care like that thoughtful gift that is unrelated to any special occasion. It's that, I saw this and thought of you kind of moment that's appropriated for the workplace. 
This might mean buying lunch for your team after a particularly long week or project, or if you went on vacation, bringing back a box of specialty treats. I visited Harry Potter World and brought back fizzing Whisbees for my office mates. My team members have brought all kinds of goodies from South America, Asia, and Europe, wherever people's travels take them. And again, this provides another opportunity to talk about the food and the vacation. It's a little more tricky if your colleagues are remote. You might need to mail them a gift or find a local option. For example, you could purchase a gift card to their local coffee shop or a favorite restaurant so they can have coffee or a meal on you. Just be creative. One team leader I know had the team's mission statement printed on water bottles and then gave one to each team member, including mailing them to the remote employees. What a wonderful way to feel connected to your team. Building connection is powerful and fun. So to help you on this journey, I highly suggest you download that worksheet available at mamieks.com slash podcast dash zero zero seven. While you're there, if you haven't yet subscribed to my newsletter, please do so. You'll get all of the free worksheets delivered to your inbox along with each week's episode and blog article so you'll never miss any of the great content. Just a final reminder that starting with episode nine, the free guides will be more of a mini guide or a subset of the full materials. So to continue to access the more robust guides, you can become a member of the Modern Manager community on Patreon. Memberships start only $5 a month and you can join at patreon.com slash modernmanager. This is also all in the show notes and on my website at mamieks.com slash podcast. I hope you'll check out the membership options and join the community of Rockstar Managers. If you're listening on iTunes and found this episode useful, please give it a rating or leave me a review or send me a note at mamie at mamieks.com. I always want to hear from you. And lastly, next week is 4th of July, so I'll be taking some time to be with my family and therefore no episode but I will be back the following week with our regularly scheduled programming. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.